What's going on? What's going on? Jay Sutton, I'm back with another episode of the Destroying Doubt Podcast, where we provide information and inspiration to the new and aspiring entrepreneur to help them overcome self-doubt, to start that business, or to take that existing business to new levels. And I'm feeling good today, as always. I'm excited, very excited for the show. But I must admit, you know, I, I brag about the weather here in Florida a lot. It's a little crazy today. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Under Actually, I'm under a tornado warning right now. But it's all good. It's not going to stop this show. And speaking of tornadoes and storms, my guest that I have on the show today is just, she's about to come through and just cause havoc and throw all kind of information up in your life that's just going to just going to change some things for you like a tornado would. But a tornado would probably damage some things and, you know, cause some harm. This is just good information that's going to change your life up and just cause havoc in a good way, if that makes sense. I hope I didn't just throw off the whole vibe and make people click off. <laughs> I hope that you're still there. <laughs> but if you if you happen to still be there, uh let me tell you about my guest on the show today. She is absolutely amazing. Her name is Sharika Cropper. She's um, out of Atlanta, Georgia, and she's been helping people with career services for over a decade now. That you know that entails resume writing, cover letters, interviews, LinkedIn, all of that good stuff. But Sharika also is a hiring manager in corporate America. So she knows what she's talking about. Um, She definitely can help people present themselves accordingly to obtain that career that they desire. And I think that it was so important to have her on the show today, because if you've been listening to the show, you know my military story and how I transitioned out of the military. But I have a strong desire to help other troops, other military members that want to make that leap as well, that want to transition out of the military. And, you know, that's a big reason for this show is because I think what keeps a lot of military members from transitioning out is the lack of information and also the lack of inspiration. And Sharika provides a great balance of the two on this show. Uh, More so information which is needed. And I think the information that she provides will inspire not only the truth. Don't think that this show is solely for military members because, you know, she's going to help those seeking to transition from one job to another. Those that may be just starting out, just graduating college and trying to get their their feet wet out there in the corporate world or or even the entrepreneurs that are looking for a job to enhance their business. So it's not just for the troops, but I believe that the information provided will inspire you to take action, inspire you to put those skills and talents and experiences and accomplishments down on paper or allow you to seek her or someone like her that does what she what she does to put that down on paper for you to put it in writing so that you can present that 
to a hiring manager so that you can start the journey of taking your life into your own hands and doing what you love for a living or doing what you've been called to do for a living. And this show is just jam packed, full of value, full of information so much that I had to break it down into shows. I, I It's just too much at once. Like you couldn't take it. If I didn't chop it up and put it in two shows, you would just listen and your, your, your headphones would explode. Like it's been proven. I tried, like when I was editing the show, I tried to listen to it all the way through and my headphones exploded because it was just such, it was just such fire. It's just too much. You can't take it. Trust me. I tried it. Headphones exploded. My ears were smoking. And I mean that in a good way. It was just, it was just too much, just, just too much. And so I'm not only helping you by giving you, um, by sharing this conversation and this information with you, but I'm helping you so that your headphones don't explode and you have to go out and buy another pair because this content is just so fire and I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let Sharika talk because she's the expert on this subject, not me. So (laughs) here it is, my conversation with the just absolutely amazing Sharika Cropper. And like I said, I'm going to break this down into two episodes. So I hope that you enjoy. I know that you will enjoy. I know that you will be informed and inspired. So here it is, my conversation with Sharika Cropper. Check it out. Sharika, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I got to start where I always start. I'm, I'm really doing good because... It's 80 degrees here today. Uh, well, not right now. The sun is kind of going down, but, you know, it was 80 degrees here today. So that's always good for me. I, I love the warm yes. weather. Yeah. Yes, that's great weather. Well, how, how was it looking in, in Atlanta? Um, it was a little chilly today, actually. Um, yesterday, it was beautiful. We probably was up in the high 70s. I don't think we made it to quite 80, um, but the kids could go outside without a jacket. And today, I had to send them out with the jacket. So, it definitely got a little chilly on us today. Mm. Well, you know, it's not snowing, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So we always have something to be thankful for, huh? There you go. There you go. I mean, you don't live by a beach or nothing like that with palm trees, but, you know, we ain't going to complain. It's all good. (laughs) Don't rub it in, okay? Don't rub it in. Yeah, so uh, my guest on the show today, as I said, is Sharika Cropper. Um, Very talented individual. She helps people with their resumes, um, well, with career services in general and she's been doing it for over a decade now uh 11 years is that safe to say yes yep 11 years now wow so it's it's safe to assume that she knows what she's talking about (laughs) um (laughs) you know when it comes to this and for me it's it's important for me because uh sharika when i was at a point in my life where i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the hardest part. I think once we figure out what we want to do, then we're good. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but it gives us a lot more clarity so we know how to attack it at that point. And I had to sit down and write out, okay, what am I interested in? And what am I interested in that I actually have skills in? 
you know, so I had to kind of like write out my own like little resume and say, okay, this lines up. I have this in, in multiple columns of interest and skills. So let me try this. And, even, you know, I had to try it first to realize, okay, that ain't for me. You know, I had to try different things. Right. But the reason why I think that this relates is because, you know, when I speak to the entrepreneur on the show, I speak to people that are uh, striving to switch careers or start certain mm-hmm. careers. I speak to, I really speak to my military members because I was there that um, feel that they can't transition out of the military, try to give them inspiration and let them know and information to let them know that they can. And mm-hmm. I think part of that transition process is putting your skills on paper and making it um, digestible to someone that, you know, will hire you. You know, if you're not going to start a business, you have to make it relatable to that person that's going to hire you. And so I think that you can provide a lot of information to, to help all of those people and all of those different people um, in that situation. So I would like to know first off, like how did you get into resume writing or career services? Like how, how did that begin? Yeah, so absolutely. So first, before I get into that, I just want to, first of all, thank you um, for allowing me to come on and and speak to your audience. It's really an honor um, to be on with you. So thank you. Thank you very much for this. Um, And I actually started resume writing. I've always been a... I've always been a great writer. I've always enjoyed writing. Um, in school, I was always the person, if you needed to write three paragraphs, I was turning in eight paragraphs. Um, I love to write short stories and poems. I've just always been a writer my whole life, not something that I sought out to do, just just the skill that I inherited. And I actually, the first resume that I did um, was actually for my mom. She was going to an interview, um, and they said, you must obviously bring a resume. I was actually uh, still in high school at this point. She was like, I need a resume, like, within the hour. And so she was the first person that I did a resume for. And um, when she went, the recruiters just loved it. And she, you know, obviously my mom, she told family, she told friends about the experience. And then I just started doing resumes, you know, free of charge just for family and friends. And then the demand got so high just because of word of mouth that I actually have now been able to create a business out of it. So it's actually something that just happened um, because I always thought I would grow up to be an author of some sort. Never really thought that I would be a resume writer that had never crossed my mind. So it's just really something that I fell into um, and that I, I obviously love. I love doing it now. That That's amazing. And you you brought up something that I speak about a lot on this show and that's the power of working for free. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously you're not doing it for free anymore, but doing it for free and serving those nearest around you help propel you to a position that you are now. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I always preach that and I try to pound that home to people that, you know, if you have something that you're interested in doing, then just start doing it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. And you'll see, you you can see where you stand on that. And if you don't stand the tallest, I guess if that makes sense, then you can develop those skills over time. But um, I think that that's great. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's great that you started off with your with your family and you know word spread. So I, I would like to ask you off the top of my head if you, I don't know if you can quantify it off the top of your head. Could you think about possibly how many resumes you've probably written? In your 11 years of doing so? 
Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely if I had my books in front of me, I could tell you how many cents I started charging. But probably over the lifespan, I would say probably, if I had to guess, it would be somewhere roughly about 500. Ooh. Yeah, it's been a lot. I would say probably about 500. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of resumes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I hope those numbers continue to grow. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely probably probably a little over 500 um, thus far. Um, because when I first started, like I said, I was just doing it periodically just here and there whenever family and friends needed it. Um, so I just really started going at it aggressively um, probably over the last couple of years. Um, but just to your point again, with sometimes doing things for free, now when I look back on those resumes, because I still have the very first one that I created for my mom, and now that I look back at that, I'm like, oh my gracious, I could have not charged for that. (laughs) (laughs) The recruiters loved it, but that was 11 years ago, and just doing it for free, it really allowed me to um, learn how to um, create a resume because sometimes people think it's just you're just writing words on a paper and there's so much more that goes into resume writing than that. And as I've been developing my skills and taking writing courses and taking uh, courses specifically to how to create um, an eye-catching resume, um, like I said, now that I look back, I'm very happy that I did not charge years ago because I would have been very upset with myself. Um, so doing it for free definitely allowed me the opportunity to develop my skills. And then, like I said, it just became referrals. You know, you do something free for someone, they love it, and they're sending you five, ten more people. Um, so it was a great way to start. It definitely was. I have no regrets there. That's that's great. And you made me think about something else, the fact that, a lot of times when we when we do start something, we don't realize the fact that we're trash. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Yes. We want, we want to get paid so bad, but we don't realize just how trash we are. But, you know. Absolutely. It's yes. all good. And I think it's, it's all part of the learning process to see, you know, where you come from, to see whether it was a service you're offering or a product, you know, you've developed just to see how far it's come, you know, since its conception. And I think it's, it's something that, um, you know, I'm very proud of now that I look back. I don't know how those people got jobs, <laughs> but they did. Um, but, you know, now today I, I am I, I am a professional resume writer um, at this point, but I have come a long way. That's great. That is great. Um, and, and I did want to mention something that I may should have mentioned before, uh, the fact that, uh, another thing that's unique, another perspective that you have on the resume writing process is that you also work in corporate America. And not only do you work in corporate America, but you're a hiring manager, correct? Yes, that's correct. So um, I work for United Healthcare. Um, I'm in the medical, the medical side of it, and I have a team, um, a team of people, and they rotate. Um, they rotate through our department probably three, four times a year, depending on the projects that we have going on. So I look at probably close to 200 resumes um, a year just for my job um, in corporate America. 
And it's really, really hard to get through <laughs> because I'm a resume writer. So besides the training that I've gained in corporate America um, on what to look for um, on resumes, you know, I, I also have that perspective because I do create resumes. Um, so I have I have a, a, a very unique perspective um, that a lot of my clients, that's one of the things that they um, they like. One of the reasons why they hire me is because not only do I create resumes, but I have that recruiter uh, perspective as well. So it really works. It, it really goes hand in hand. Mm. And, you know, I wanted I want you made me think of something because you do have that unique perspective. And we're going to get into what what people should do on their resumes and mm-hmm. things that you look for. But I would like to know what what is absolutely trash? Like, what do you see people, because you have so much experience with resumes, what do you see people do mm-hmm. that is like a red flag, that is an absolute no-no? And I know uh, before you answer that, one thing I think about is when I was in the military um, and I was, you know, working, trying out so many different things to gain experience for when I got out and, you know, adding things to my resume, um mm-hmm. uh other guys that were in were telling me, well, you know, when I get out because I have Air Force on my resume, you know, mm-hmm. that just looks so good and I'm gonna get a job. And I'm like, bruh, like I don't mm-hmm. think they really care. Like you need to have the skills <laughs> and the experience for that job. <laughs> like you can't just go walk around with your chest out saying, I was in the Air Force. I mean, it, it helps. It I think it looks better. Mm-hmm. If you have the skills and experience for that position as, as, uh, along with your uh, military experience. But tell us about that. Like what are some red flags, some no-nos, some some common misconception, all that good stuff about resume or bad stuff about resumes? Yeah, so I would say um, for me, one of the worst things that you can do on a resume is talk about what you are looking for in a job. So in 2018, objective statements are outdated. Um, we use, we could use those years ago and they were appreciated years ago. And when I say objective statements, I mean when you're saying, you know, I have 20 years of experience. I am looking for a position that I can do whatever you want to do. You know, everything is I, 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 I. When you're, when recruiters are looking at, recruiters are hiring managers, when they're looking at resumes, they want to know what you can do for the business. So when you're creating a resume or when someone has created a resume for you, you want to make sure that you can look at it and quickly identify, okay, this is what I'm selling to the company. Because really, your resume is your marketing tool. Um, it It should highlight your experience, but just as much as it highlights your experience, it should also highlight your accomplishments. So that's where a lot of resumes um, that's what a lot of resumes like. We get tons and tons of resumes that come through, and people have extensive, uh, extensive experience. But when you're reading through the resume, you don't never read about what they've accomplished. So they'll have their job listed and all of these bullet points on what they did at the job, but there's no accomplishments listed. So when um, companies are looking at your resume, they want to know, obviously, what can you do to help their business grow? If they bring you on, what problem are you going to solve? So just for an example, you know, if you're in a call center and you're answering 200 calls a day, instead of just putting on your resume, answering handle 200 calls a day, really think about what are your metrics? 
maybe your metrics are only, you're only expected to answer 100 calls a day. So instead of putting just your duty on your resume, you want to actually want to put what you've accomplished. So you could put, you exceed the daily um, metrics that's set, that's set by your employer by double because you're, you're answering 200 calls and you're only required to answer 100. So that's one of the things that I would say um, that would really set you apart from other candidates is if your resume is more um, focused on your accomplishments versus your, de- uh, excuse me, versus your job duties. Anything else uh, that, that stands out? Yeah, um, something just simple, um, spelling and grammar. So most of the tools that we work out of today, Microsoft, they all have spell check. I would highly suggest to always spell check, always click on that button to spell check it. Sometimes, most of the times, you know, if we misspell a word, it highlights in red. Not all the time. So just, it takes two seconds to just do um, a spell check because that's one thing that would definitely, um, get your resume put in the pile of do not hire. Also, you want to make sure that you speak in the correct tense. So if you're currently employed, everything should be in present tense. Um, if you are, if you're talking about a past employer, of course you want to use past tense. Sometimes on resumes, you may have had a job two, three years ago, but you're still speaking about that job like you're currently working there. Um, that's a red flag as well. And then as far as, um, Military returning to civilian jobs, one of the tips that I can give for that is make sure that you speak in a language that the employer, um, hiring manager, recruiter, whoever is looking at your resume would understand. A lot of time, um, military, you know, you guys, you know all of your phrases, your abbreviations. You, you're writing your resume and you know what you're saying, but you have to keep in mind that you're giving that to a civilian. And you need to make sure that they understand what you're trying to get through. Great advice. Like, do you see any other mistakes as far as with military individuals? Like, I really want to, I guess, help them out uh, with their resume skills. Like, do you see any other mistakes that they make a lot? So one of the errors that I see with with military um, military clients is that they don't qualify their experience enough. And what I mean by that is sometimes like something as simple as if you're in the military and you're managing a team, normally those numbers are much larger than a civilian in a similar role uh, would manage. So on your resumes, I always, with my military candidates, I try to pull out numbers. How many people did you manage? Um, because if you just put manage, civilians could think, okay, 5, 10, maybe 20. But a lot of my candidates, they are managing almost 100 people. <laughs> so you want to put that type of, um, you want to put those numbers on your resume. Um, you want to also, um, like I said, and I, I'm just going to repeat this because this one is just so important, do not use military code. Um, sometimes even when I've gotten resumes, it has taken me so long to actually decipher what the candidate is trying to say because everything is in code. Um, so you want to make sure that you don't do that. Don't use any acronyms, you know, any code. Um, just keep in mind that, you know, a civilian is reading that and we may not understand uh, what you're trying to say. I would also say try to make your duties. So if you're applying to a job, obviously before you apply, you want to get some background because you want to take your military experience and you want to pick, um, pick from that experience. You don't want to have a resume that lists every single thing that you've done in the military, 
but instead you want to list those things that are relevant to the job that you are applying for. So that's another thing that I would say, please say, you know, special attention to. Don't list all of your duties um, in the military. Just keep it relevant to the position that you're interested in. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. So would you advise for military personnel to, you know, keep the fact that you uh, earn a marksman award or PT, highest PT score, you got all these medals and stuff like would you recommend keeping that off because it doesn't necessarily apply to the position? Um, For me, I always like, like I said, I always encourage my candidates to let's put um, accomplishments on your resume. So I would say that those things don't need to be left off. Maybe the awards that a civilian wouldn't know what it is, maybe you could leave, uh, leave that off. Because I can guarantee you there's no hiring manager that's going to go and look up your awards. And although they're notable, let's ask maybe a civilian friend or family, hey, if I said that I got this award, would you know what it meant? Would you know what it meant? You know, obviously some of the most common awards a civilian person would quickly recognize and understand, okay, they got this award because of X, Y, Z. Um, but it is awards that, you know, that someone outside of the military wouldn't recognize. I would encourage you to leave leave those off, but you do want to include some. Okay. Okay, cool. Great advice. Um, I guess my last question about uh, military personnel would be, are there jobs out there where an individual was just in the military? And, of course, they had a, a specific job or role while they were in, but they don't want to do that when they get out. Um, they just want a job. Are there jobs that are that that person could secure just based off of their military experience alone, just being in the military and working under stress and being a leader and being flexible and all of those great things? Are there jobs that they could get just based off of that alone? And how, I guess, would they translate that to a resume if it, if it is possible? So... I'm very optimistic. I'm a very optimistic person. I'm all. I'm also very realistic. And so my answer is a combination of both and it's simply absolutely. So I definitely think that uh, military can come and transition into a civilian role very quickly. And it doesn't necessarily have to be along the same guidelines of what they did in the military. One thing about hiring a professional resume writer, and I'll say, you know, to anyone out there, just sit down, especially if you're in the military, just sit down with someone um, who is a professional resume writer and just tell them your job search ob- objectives. It's very, the first step in creating the best resume for anyone is to identify, okay, what do you want to do? And once you determine what do you want to do, any good professional resume writer can take the experience that you've already gained and twist those words up and polish it up and make it look nice and pretty and have it relevant to the position in which you're applying for. Because actually, military personnel, they have so many advantages over civilians. Um, and you, you named some of the skills, you know, leadership, management, working well under pressure, being able to uh, multitask, always being very alert and aware. Those are good skills that are, are, are needed for any position. So it's all about the way that you word it. But I absolutely think that it is possible for military to come out and transition into a civilian role that's not necessarily the same thing that they did um, while they were serving. I think that's that's very, um, that's doable. 
It just needs to be well written. Yes, it has to be thought out. You can't is you cannot just um, just put a resume together um, and start applying to jobs. And and that's just not for military, but it's more so military. Um, probably would want to you know talk to someone who could help them with their resume, even more than civilians, because military with that um, with that background, you really have to know how to word your resume to make any experience that you had in the, um, the military, um, make it so that it could easily transfer to civilian roles. But just anyone in general, you know, you have to, um, you have to take, um, you have to take all of the experience that you gained in any role. And a lot of people, a lot of my clients, they're looking to transition. So they may not have been in the military, but they may have been in the educational field forever, and now they want to transition into the healthcare. It's the same thing with them. You, you're going to have to figure out a way to make that experience that you got in the educational world um, suitable and relatable to the positions that you're trying to get in the healthcare field, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. It does. It makes perfect sense. Okay. And um, before I um, transition into the opposite side, more the positive side of the resumes and the good stuff, I did want to ask you, I want to cap it off. What is the worst resume that you've ever seen? <laughs> so I think the worst resume that I've ever seen was um, a resume that had an objective and it literally said objective. Um, and it said, I want to work for a company that's going to allow me to make six figures within three months. And I need to start off with four weeks vacation. It was something along those guidelines. As soon as I read that, um, I just, I stopped and reread it because I thought that I was honestly, um, not reading it correctly. And this is actually someone who applied for a position. So this is not a client that came to me, but this is something that I've seen, um, in corporate America. And that was literally their objective. I don't even know anything about that person, any of their background, anything else, because once I read that objective, it was tossed. Um, and that goes back to my point that I said earlier. You cannot write resumes um, based off of what you want. You know, that comes after you have your interview. Once the job makes you an offer, that is your time to negotiate and make sure you're getting everything you want. But up until you get that offer, it's all about what you can do for the business. Um, so talking about what the business can do for you through a resume, your that's your first impression, that is never, never, never um, a good idea. So I have to say that that was the worst that I've seen thus far. So you mean to tell me I can't write a resume and put up there that I'm no, I'm only working 20 hours a week. I want to get paid $60,000 <laughs> a year with two months of vacation, paid vacation. I can't do that? Unfortunately, no. You're you're gonna have to pass on that. <laughs> See, that's why I choose to work for myself, right there. That's not fair. It's just not Absolutely. fair. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but for those who are not as fortunate, or for those who may not even want to work for themselves, please stay away from doing that. If you don't take anything else from what I said, please remember that up until you get an offer, everything that you need to put in front of the employer is what you can do for them. Now, once they make you the offer, that means they want you. That is your time to negotiate um, and let them know what they can do for you. But please save that until after the offer. Oh, 
I want you to remember that because I'm going to go back to that. Um, you just said okay. hold that to the interview because I want to ask you about the interview process and how, I mm-hmm. guess, aggressive you should be when it's time to discuss that. Because um, I know a lot of people, they won't bring it up at all. Like, they don't want to mess things up. But I want to ask mm-hmm. you, is it okay, which you've already alluded to the fact that it is okay, and how aggressive and demanding should you be at that point? Um, but just keep that in mind. And, okay. And remind me if I forget. But um, okay. before we get there, so entrepreneurs, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, we like to provide information and inspiration to the new and aspiring entrepreneurs. And let's just say that an entrepreneur wants to work in a job that they can gain experience to help them as an entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. They can, you know, it helps boost what they're already doing by being in that position mm-hmm. you know uh for various reasons they want to get a job as well um mm-hmm. how can an entrepreneur relate their skills to a resume and what are some things that they should put and some things that they should stay away from because i think i've i can't remember exactly to word it properly but i think it said the entrepreneurs are guilty of uh, I guess making themselves seem like less of team players, I guess. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, that was going to be my first tip. Okay, yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, please explain that. Yes. so anytime um, another business gets in a resume from an entrepreneur, a past business owner, the first thing is, is this person going to be able to work on a team? Um, is this person going to be able to be relatable? Um, because, of course, as entrepreneurs, you make your own decisions. If you're a business owner, you're making your own decision, decisions. You're calling all the shots. So that can be a red flag for um, any other business when they first look at your resume. So what you want to do, you just want to make sure that you are being um any entrepreneur, no matter what field you're in, I would definitely say on your resume somewhere it needs to talk about how you're a team player. And of course, you can you can you you can make it fancy. It doesn't have you don't have to come out and straight say you know I'm a team player. But you need to give some examples, even if it's through your accomplishments. Um, explain how you work with someone else, another team, another business, even your staff. How you work with them to accomplish a common goal. Um, that's one thing that entrepreneurs need to do because they're they're frowned on unless you're applying for a management position. Um, that's one of the things um, that business owners will look at. They're they're not going to think that you're going to be able to take direction from anyone else because you're used to giving the direction or you know just simply doing things your way. Um, another thing for entrepreneurs is if you are a small business owner. Or if you are um, an entrepreneur, if it's just you, for example, me with my resume business, if I need to secure a job within the career services industry and I'm applying to work for someone else's business, I am not going to put CEO of sophisticated resume. Now, although that's what I think I am, that's what I do. You know, I manage everything from beginning to end. It's not a corporation. And sometimes entrepreneurs oversell themselves. And that's a red flag because businesses want you to be very honest and transparent. They'll actually Google your business. Um, so they'll look up, you know, okay, what is this business about? Is this going to be a conflict with my business? So make sure, um, like you mentioned, you know, sometimes we'll want to get in a field that can help our own business. Make sure that it's not a conflict. 
um, if you are a, let's just say you own your own IT business and you're all about the latest um, technology inventions, you know, you're all about creating products. If you go to apply to another company in that same room, you know, the, the question is going to come up, um, is this uh, a conflict? So you want to keep that in mind um, as well. Those are the, the the two biggest things that I would say entrepreneurs need to do. Other than that, you know, just like anyone else, you would want to list all of your job um, accomplishments versus your duties. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. It's not really a big difference between entrepreneurs, resumes, and, and people who have never, you know, worked for themselves or own a business. But just the biggest things is always, you know, making sure that you can um, work on the team and then making sure it's not a conflict, actually three things, and making sure it's not a conflict and then making sure that you don't oversell yourself. Now, if you own a large corporation and you are the CEO, you have directors, you know, you have the whole thing, of course you're going to put that on your resume. Um, but if you're not, you know, if you're if you're just an owner, an operator, you know, whatever whatever makes sense, um, whatever you can, whatever you can get someone else to believe, or if they if they research your business, whatever they're going to find on their own, just make sure that's on your resume. Um, because although a lot of employers will not go in and Google a lot of stuff that's on your resume, like I was giving an example with the military, if it's abbreviations, they're not going to go and Google that and try to figure out what it is. But if it is, if it's a, if you're uh, presenting your resume as a business owner, um, you know. Recruiters and hiring managers, they are taught to just go take a look at your business, what direction you're going in, um, to make sure that it's not a conflict. Okay. And uh, I think I heard it said one time before, and tell me what you think about this. Um, I think I heard someone say that it's best to just, to avoid all of that, that you don't have to necessarily put that you're a business owner, that they recommend that people put, um, instead of saying, I own um, a and B cupcake shop say I am the manager or director or whatever it may be at a and B cupcake shop uh what what are your thoughts about that um I just think it all depends I think it just ties into don't oversell yourself but be honest um so i don't i it just all depends um if you are if you want to put the owner and operator because you're applying for a position where you will oversee, make executive decisions, you know, you'll be managing a team. You want to, you want them to know that you're a business owner and you're already doing that type of thing. Um, it is, it is a company. I think it would all depend on the position you're applying for. Just what makes sense. Um, if you're applying for a position that may not be on a management level, um, does it really make sense that you put that you put that you're currently the CEO of your own business? Because sometimes what happens too, let's let's just say you you call yourself the CEO of your business and you put that on your resume, and someone looks at that in the position you're applying for, they may look and say, okay, it doesn't make sense if they're a CEO. Why do they want this job? Mm-hmm. And automatically they don't go any further. They just put your resume to the side because it doesn't make sense that you're applying for this position if you're a CEO. So it just all depends on what position. Um, you're applying for. I wouldn't say it's a right or wrong answer, whether to put that you're the owner um, or not. It just it would have to depend on the position that you're trying to get. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. So we went over a lot of the don'ts and you know things that we shouldn't do in our resumes. And while you were going over that, 
you did cover some of the do's and, and things that you do look for and things that hiring managers do look for. Um, but I would also like to, I guess, add to that, ask, what are things that you see that absolutely stand out? Things that get your resume just put into the good pal. Like, oh, like we're going to go over this later. Like, this mm-hmm. is good right here. Let me go ahead and pull this one. Like, what are some of those things that you see? Um, definitely a strong career summary. Um, I love looking at resumes and being able to quickly identify um, with just a few words what this person's background is. So, for example, if, and this can tie into it, if you're an entrepreneur or if you've managed small small startups, you know, right after you have your name, your contact information, you should have in bold letters something like business management leader and entrepreneur. Or if you're in the healthcare field, you know, emergency room nurse, Something should just stick out as soon as a recruiter is looking at your resume to say, okay, this is their background in three to four words. Um, I I know what they're about. Um, Right under that, I would highly suggest, you know, you want to go into a little detail. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. If you're in business management, tell us about the operations side. Tell us about what you've done on the financial side. And all of this is very one sentence. You know, very short, nothing very elaborate, but you want to have, you want your resume to look, to look good. So in addition to the words that's on your resume, the format is very, very important. The days of one page resumes where you have your name, objective, education, experience, and references is, is done with. Um, one thing that I will add that I forgot to mention when you asked me about, you know, what shouldn't you be doing is references. Do not put references on your resume. Mm. Um, there is no need that you should list references um, anymore. Years and years ago, that was highly suggested. Now it is not. Um, there's too many social media platforms for employers to go on to fill you out before they would ever call a reference. Um, on your resume nowadays. So if you have things like um, a LinkedIn profile, I would definitely suggest you can incorporate that in your resume now. Times have definitely changed. Um, but you can definitely incorporate that LinkedIn um, link on your resume. But don't put references. Um, don't put references. Someone would just look at that like you're outdated and you're not up to speed. Um, so avoid doing that. But then also on your resume, um, uh, areas of expertise. That's a very good section to have. It only has to be a full, um, a couple bullets. Um, but you want to make sure that someone can easily look at your resume and say, okay, this is what they're expert in. Make sure that you're being very transparent and honest. Um, you don't want to oversell or undersell yourself. You really want to be honest. Um, and if you don't know the right words to use, just get someone to help you. Um, I would also say, like I said before, for me, putting accomplishments on your resume um, would always be a huge hit. Whether you create a separate section for that or whether you incorporate that once you list your different positions and then you list your accomplishments, it really doesn't matter which way you do it, but you want to make sure that you have accomplishments on your resume. Of course, your education needs to be on there. Any professional membership that directly relates to the position you are applying for, um, I would add those as well. Any honors, any awards that you receive, all of those are all things that you want to put on your resume. What What about that? This is going to sound crazy to someone. They were like, here Jay go again being silly, but I'm really not. 
I'm really not. I just want to know. Um, okay. What about making it like red or purple or yellow or laminating it or putting sparkles on it or putting it in a fancy folder? Something where if you have a stack of 100 resumes, this one, you, you just cannot not look at it. Like, is that should you not do that or is that good or, or what? So you should not do that unless now there are unlesses with that. If you are in a space where you are a photographer, um, a creative designer, uh, if you're in the fashion industry, anything that involves uh, creativity, like literally, you know, one of those um, fields that I've mentioned, then you can actually get a little fancy with your resume. Um, other than that, I would recommend, you know, you can use, of course, black, um, gray. You can add some colors to give a pop of color. Nothing like, nothing sparkly or any bright colors like yellow and pink, but anything like, um, like a dark blue or even a light blue. Something that's very, um, not too far out there, but just gives it a pop of color. Um, you just, you have to be very careful. You don't want to make your resume colorful in order to get it looked at. Um, you want to, you want your content to be what catches, um, whoever you're, whoever the attention that you're trying to get. You want your content to catch their attention versus the color. But there are times where you can definitely play with color. So basically, if y'all didn't catch that, uh, Sharika is telling you, if you're listening to this show and you decide that, Oh, well, maybe I want to apply at United Health in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> she's telling you to leave all that foolishness alone. Like, <laughs> don't send her all that foolishness. I think that's what she pretty much just said there. Yes, leave leave all the color <laughs> off. Now, I will tell you, and it depends on the role as well, and I just want to, you know, just make a disclaimer. A lot of things depend on the specific role that you're applying for. I actually encourage people to have a resume uh, for every position that you're applying for, unless it's under the same umbrella. Now, if you're an administrative assistant and you're strictly trying to get administrative assistant positions, one resume should work. However, if you're an administrative assistant, but you're also thinking about getting, maybe you have uh, clinical skills as well, so you don't mind either working in the doctor's office at the front desk or working in the back office, you should have two resumes, an administrative one and a clinical one. One resume does not work across the board for all positions. So please keep that in mind. So the things that I'm saying, a lot of it really depends on the position that you're applying for. But something clever um, that I have had experience with actually working is if you're applying for a company and their colors are not too bright, um, say their 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 logo um, maybe I don't know, uh, dark blue and black. Um, maybe you can put your name on the resume and maybe in the back of it have those colors. That'll let them know, you know what, they've been doing some research. They know about us. You know, they. I see what they try to do here. They try to incorporate our business colors. Mm. As long as those colors aren't bright, that would work and that would actually get you some cool points. I've really seen some people um, use that and it has, it has really worked to their advantage. So it just, it just really depends, Jay, on the position um, in the business that you're applying for. But definitely, I would say a no, no matter what, for those bright, sparkly, glittery colors. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Uh, and that was really great what you just said about um, letting the company know that you did your research and you're thinking about them and mm -hmm. pro maybe implementing their colors or logo or something on the back. That that Absolutely. was that that was that was really good. Um, 
and and you mentioned LinkedIn, and I was going to ask you about it um, because mm-hmm. Lord knows it's something I'm guilty of. I don't think I've updated my LinkedIn since mm-hmm. <laughs> God knows when. Um, mm-hmm. Do do employers look at LinkedIn? Like, is it how important is it these days? And can it be a situation in which they look at your LinkedIn more than they look at your resume? Like, how how essential is LinkedIn in in the hiring process these days? So you definitely have to capture them with your resume to even um, you have to capture them with with your resume in order for them to even be interested in what's on your LinkedIn. So I would definitely say don't cut your resume short in hopes that your LinkedIn profile will capture their attention because that's not going to happen. However, if you get their attention um, through your resume and you have a LinkedIn profile, best believe I would say at least um, – 90% of the time, they're at least going to click on it and take a look. So you want to be very active on LinkedIn if you're going to have an account um, because employers will look at that, you know, especially if you're looking for high-power um, executive positions. You know, if you put all of this stuff on your resume that you've accomplished, your LinkedIn profile should match it. Um, so you don't want to have one job listed on LinkedIn, but you have three, four very good jobs listed on your resume. You want to make sure that they match. You want to make sure also um, this day and time that you're using LinkedIn to network um, because it really is is a, is a networking tool. So you want to make sure that you're following people and engaging with people that's in the same room as you or, you know, are where where you want to go. Um, all of those things are very important when it comes to LinkedIn. And do you offer LinkedIn help, uh, LinkedIn services as well? Yes, I do. So I, I do build LinkedIn profiles. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That That's great. Um, You know, people should definitely uh, request your services for that as well um, to go along with their resume so that, that you Absolutely. know, the two can mirror each other. Um, mm-hmm. So now I want to get into something that is of the utmost importance and okay. something that you said that you helped with as well with your career services. And that is the interview. And, Absolutely, yes. you know, that that's pretty much closing. Oh, that, matter of fact, I just thought of a question. If a company uh-huh. calls you in for an interview is that pretty much saying that they want the job is pretty much yours? It's just up to you to mess it up at this point.